0: Hi, I'm Jane Pauley, and this is our Sunday Morning Extra, our podcast featuring a memorable story from our most recent show. It's a conversation that offers insights beyond the broadcast. This weekend, Lee Cowan is spending time with Harrison Ford, the actor many of us know as Han Solo.
1: Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon.
0: Or Indiana Jones... Snakes?
1: Why would it have to be snakes?
0: Or Jack Ryan.
1: I am telling you, I want back in.
0: At 77, he's still at the top of his game. And a leading man extraordinaire.
1: Wild places we could go. You and me.
0: Case in point. His latest performance in the new movie based on Jack London's famed book, The Call of the Wild. Here's their conversation.
2: So what was it? I know you always, you've you said before that there's always got to be, for you anyway, some kind of emotional connection with the character for you to take it. Well, so what there's was a it real here? strong
1: emotional connection with the character um, because of his relationship with Buck. This is a character that in the book is not f- very fleshed out it's kind of you know i mean he's a uh, he comes into the story without any background or history, yeah, and he really functions just to change the plot uh, yeah uh, for buck and they uh, establish a, a, a complicated relationship i think and but the complication is that while buck is is hearing the call of the wild john thornton is finding through his relationship with buck the potential and the courage to go back and face his life which is not
2: in the wild
1: but, and, but, and it was
2: that that's what drew you to the part you think it's well bad? the potential for that for that relationship drew me to it i know cgi obviously is no stranger to you How do you do it when it's the protagonist? Was there something there for you to play opposite? For
1: Buck? Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, There was an actor named Terry Notary, who was a former Cirque du Soleil uh, gymnast. And and that part's important because he was able to move like a dog. Really? Dogs move with um, left and right foot forward... uh, Rear foot, and yeah. front foot, forwards, forward, the gait. It's not so much that he could imitate a dog, but he gave us a, a, a reference for our eye lines. He gave me a, someone to establish an emotional relationship with.
2: Because you had to have that, right? You have to have enough something
1: enough. to work off of. I mean, I'm used to pretending. That's the job of acting is pretending. Yeah. And so I was pretending that Terry Notary was a dog. But there was something there. It was fun. It was really fun to do. I mean, it's a little strange. I'm rolling around on the floor with this guy and scratching his tummy.
2: (laughs) Were you you physically doing that with him? Because you had to, I guess, right? There was money involved. (laughs) There's a line in the movie where you and Buck are... I can't remember exactly where you are, but you say... Something to the effect of you know we're just temporary and it's we're all gone and this will all still be here as you're looking yeah. over that big vista. Yeah,
1: because nature doesn't need people.
2: Yeah,
1: people need nature, and uh, we're uh, we're in danger of losing the support of nature for our lives, for our economies, for our societies. And um, happily, it's it's a topic that's now reached the. Um, the highest levels of politics and people are beginning to talk about it as though it were the pressing issue of our times. I'm now seeing that I think we're coming close to being able to really commit the resources and energy to confronting the issue uh, because it's taken up on the highest level of politics. It's taken up on the streets by young people. Well, that's the thing,
2: it's the it's a generational thing now, right? They're looking at us like this is our fault in a lot of ways that we screwed this up.
1: Well, we but and they're but, fix it. but we've got to bridge the generational yeah. gap to get it done. And they, you know, they have every right uh, to criticize us for our failure to actually
2: act in time. This is a bottom line issue.
1: Yeah, this is it. This is it.
2: You're a good Midwesterner. You don't really talk politics or religion much. But that's changed a wee bit of late. Uh,
1: I think it's come to the point where we've got to start talking politics. But we've got to talk about it in a positive way. We've got to regain the middle ground. We're in these ideological enclaves. And it's been purposeful to disaggregate the, us. It's a commercial uh, opportunity. If you coalesce groups, it's easier to service them with what they want to hear.
2: And that's where we are.
1: But the truth is in the middle. Science is in the middle. Coming together, purposeful, uh, capable progress is made in the middle.
2: And you think we can get back there somehow? Be damn well better. When you return to roles, whether it's Han Solo or Indiana Jones, what's the what's the challenge for you in coming back to the, the same role years later?
1: I'm trying not to look silly, you know, and running around in tight pants and high boots. And <laughs> I'll give you a more uh, appropriate answer, considering that I'm gonna start doing Indiana Jones and in about Two months. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm always delighted uh, to come back to these characters. They, proved the reason we're, you know, we have the opportunity to make another is because people have enjoyed them and they've got a, a following, and um, I feel obliged to to make sure that the, our efforts are as ambitious as they were, um, when we started. It's almost a responsibility, so the, I guess, in some huh? ways. Yeah, you have a sense of responsibility to your customers. Yeah. I think of the people that go to my movies as more as customers than I do as fans. Fans feels kind of weird to me, but always has. Always has. Yeah. But the fact that these people support my business and I uh, and I'm responsible to them for the quality of the service that I offer. That feels better to me.
2: Can you tell us anything about the new Indiana Jones?
1: Uh, no.
2: <laughs> Why no. did I think that was going to be your answer? Yeah, well... <laughs> but you're excited about doing it again? Though, yeah? I'm excited about doing it, yeah. Yeah. When it comes to... You talked about this a little bit, but when it comes to those big action roles that you've done, you said that, that scale issue that you were talking about, you always have to get it down to something that's... relatable
1: I'm more interested in a character's um, uh, state of mind in the midst of of kinetic activity so I want to be in close enough to see his fear his triumph his effort uh, his plan I love to see little articulations of that support the behavior you know that stuff you have to be in fairly close to, which is a good reason for me to do it, if I can, if it's not too dangerous.
2: How's your ankles and your back and your pelvis and everything else that got hurt in the crash?
1: <laughs> oh, I, I'm recovered. Are you? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I'm playing tennis as well as I ever did. I'm yeah. back riding my road bikes, and
2: I'm great. And you're still flying?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: Wouldn't you, does it ever, does it enter your mind? How does that work?
1: How, How does it work? Does it, yeah. Well, first of all, it's a discipline and a skill that I invested a lot of time and energy in. And I want to maintain my capacity. I love to fly. I love being up in the air. I love the experience of the third dimension. Yeah. We're living in two dimensions down here. You get up there and you see... Not from 35,000 feet, right. but from 3,000 feet. It's, it's spectacular.
2: You're not a big fan of doing red carpets and interviews like this. Is it because you just don't like talking about yourself or is it because, what is it? Uh, or is it just none of our business? <laughs> How the craft works?
1: It's just a different thing. This is a different thing. My job is, this, is different to what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I mean, this is part of my job. But the part that gives me joy and challenges me and, and is, uh, keeps me excited about doing it is not necessarily this particular part of it. I, I understand the utility of it, and I, and I think it's important to be able to bring people's attention to uh, when you have a new product. Yeah. to release. So it's part of the business. It's part of the business. I think of the people that go to my movies as more as customers than I do as fans. Fans feels kind of weird to me, but always has. Always has. But I didn't really want to become an actor so that I could be rich and famous. That's not why I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be an actor because I wanted to tell stories. Yeah. So I never thought... I never actually thought about being successful to the extent that I have been lucky enough to be. I thought I would, my highest ambition was to have regular work as an actor and not have to do something else to support myself and my family. That's, that's, that was the level of my ambition, to work with good people but I never thought that I was a movie star type. I never thought that I would have the opportunities, the success that came along with other people's success, you know, like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg have brought into, into my life.
2: Is the, is the fame a burden?
1: It can be, often be a disturbance. To the progress of your thoughts, to your, you know, the, your family time. Yeah. It can, it can be a pain. But in most cases, people, you know, are are just curious. Or, surprisingly, they're very generous and gracious. They just want to say thanks for the experiences that I've had. In theater with you yeah and that that feels good